What's up, party people? You know one of the worst things about being a self-employed performer? That's right, it's your tax. If you're sick and tired of collecting all your receipts and guessing your way through your tax rebate, well, I know the people that can remove the stress and make it as simple as five, six, seven, eight. That's right, it's Theat Accounts. They're an accounting company that specialize in working with performers. So they know all the things that we can claim back and it's so simple. You upload your invoices and bank statements to their website and they do all the work for you. It's cheap, it's easy, and once you try it, I guarantee you will not regret it. It has changed my tax life. Just email info at theataccounts.co.uk. That's theat, T-H-E-A-T, accounts. So again, that's info at theataccounts.co.uk. Make sure you tell them you're from the Ins and Outs podcast and you'll get some five-star VIP treatment. You will get treated like a king. Honestly, they've changed my life. They've made it so much easier. They've removed the stress from tax and they can do the same for you. Boom. What's up guys? Recently I've been working with an incredible company called Quiet Media. Quiet Media create beautiful video reels, vocal reels, self-tapes, music videos and many, many more. So if you're looking to capture your idea on a video or via audio, then Quiet Media is for you. Go to quietmedia.co.uk or find them on Instagram at quiet underscore media. That's quietmedia.co.uk or at quiet underscore media. Also, don't forget to tell them that you're from the Ins and Outs podcast to receive that special luxury treatment. I promise you, you will not regret investing in this company to help you capture your imagination or your creativity. That's quietmedia.co.uk. Pow! The Ins and Outs podcast with your host, Kane Silver. In this episode of the Ins and Outs podcast, I speak to professional dancer, teacher, and now podcaster, Megan Westfell. Uh, Meg has recently started a podcast called the Get to Know Podcast, and I suggest you get to know a bit about that podcast. It is fantastic. So far, there are two episodes available. I've listened to the first one, and I loved it, and the second one is on my list to be listened to. There's a lot of listening, but... I promise you, you'll enjoy it. You can find it on all podcast sources, I believe, Spotify, Apple Music, and, or I should say Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you can find podcasts. I'm assuming it's going to be there. Um, you can also go and follow it on Instagram for more information, the Get to Know Podcast. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I had a great time talking with Meg. Um, and before we go into the episode, I just want to say thank you all so much for your support this year. I know it's been a bit of a crazy, hectic year. Um, lots of downs, more downs than ups, but I hope this podcast has helped you get through it. It certainly helped me. Uh, I want to thank every single guest that's been on. I don't know how many episodes we've done this year, but there's there's been so many and so many amazing guests, so many amazing moments. Um, people that I thought, I guess, felt so far away to talk to, like never thought I'd get to have like my hero, Marty Gadelka on here and... You know, we've just had some fantastic guests. Um, let me know what's been your favorite episode of 2020. Let me know uh, who you want to hear in 2021. Uh, this morning, I booked in the first guest of 2021, and I'm so excited for you to all hear it. But I will not reveal who it is yet. Let's just say he is, there you go, he is, Just a, that's all you're getting, an icon 
in the dance industry. Um, but less of that. So yeah, thank you so much for all your support. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I hope you all have a wonderful Christmas and a wonderful new year. And let's hope that 2021 brings new, magical, wonderful things. And yeah, have a great Christmas. Here is the wonderful Megan Westfell. Boom. Hello. Hey. Uh. <laughs> it, lo- it looks um very... Uh, like an atmosphere where you are right now oh yeah i am i'm very my christmas trees up very lights are on like i'm very chill right now (laughs) yeah it looks like it looks like you've just finished like a meditation or something (laughs) always (laughs) always Always in my house (laughs) (laughs) how are you um yeah i'm pretty good uh went to the gym for the first time in a year today which was fun um had a lovely time (laughs) <laughs> how was it did you feel like you released new endorphins that haven't been released in a while um do you know what yeah I mean I did a, I'm not one to do cardio just because I don't really enjoy it um uh, and we dance but, yeah and we dance but uh I really needed to just run off a lot of stuff I feel like I just was like oh I just like wanted to be out of breath and just like it just felt like I just was letting out a lot of steam and went swimming as well and it was just I just feel really like I mean no wonder I'm really chill right now but I just feel really yeah like I needed that you know yeah do you feel like like obviously you hate doing it like I hate running too but whenever I finish there's always this feel there's always this sense of like I feel proud of myself it feels like an accomplishment because I know I don't like it and I don't want to do it once I finish it I'm like oh good for you like oh my god massively like because like today on the like i don't even know what it's called i think it's a cross trainer <laughs> um i was i was on it and i was like i'll just do 10 minutes then 20 minutes later i'm like yes i just pushed through and just had a lovely time um but yeah no it feels good uh, after um during sometimes it feels good and then to get the momentum for it just never happens so when it does happen it's like i should take up the opportunity <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I feel like for me whenever I like go for I don't really run very often but I try to just do it every now and then if I feel like I've not like danced in a few days or worked my heart I was like I, I just need to go for a little jog and I only do like two or three miles but I don't know it's just like this different feeling that I don't get from dance do you know what I mean but mm. I feel like I hate it so much because it feels purposeless like I feel yeah. like I'm just running with no objective there's nothing like if i was playing football i'd be chasing a ball if i was playing with people but because it's on my own when i'm doing it i always feel a bit like this is pointless but then after it i'm like oh i did achieve something even though there was nothing set to achieve yeah like i i always if 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 i ever do go for a run which like i said isn't exactly often but whenever i do decide to or whenever i decide to like you know okay i'm gonna do some cardio of some sort it's always because it's for my mentality rather than for gains or goals or, you know, physically. I mean, it used to be for a long time, but I think more so nowadays, I just love the idea of it being like, like when I'm sweating, that's what doesn't serve me anymore, leaving me in a, in a way. So mm. it's quite nice that when I come back, I do feel like, oh, great, got that out of my system. Um, and it is rewarding, yeah. Do you listen to that music? Reason. I do. I do listen to music. Um, yeah. 
I have a I have a great time listening to music. But then sometimes, like when when I'm running near my mum's, it's um in the country, and it's just I mean, because you're going down country roads anyway, you don't really want to listen to music because of mm. cars and stuff. But going off stuff, I'm just rambling now. No. But um, yeah, no, I, I it it depends again. Like for my mind, like if I want to listen to music and just listen to some like full on anthem just to like to be distracted by it then sure but then sometimes I wouldn't have to run without music so I can just like sort my mind out <laughs> yeah I, I listen to podcast running I can't run to music because mm. I always find that I end up trying to run in time with the music right and, <laughs> and then it, that, that might not be my natural pace you know like yeah. I'm gonna really fatigue myself or I'm going extra slow and I'm like no I really found myself matching it and I'm like this isn't helping so Classic I just have to, listen to a, yeah, I have to listen to a podcast <laughs> yeah and actually listened to yours whilst running the other day. Oh, yay. So, and I loved it. Congratulations on a wonderful first episode. Thank you so much. I'm I'm really excited by it. It's a new little COVID adventure, but um I it just makes sense for me at the moment and wherever it goes, I don't know, but if it makes sense now, then that's all that matters. What, what um for people that don't know, uh mm. Your podcast is called the Get to Know Podcast, right? Yes. And what was the purpose behind you starting a podcast? Okay, so I, I'd say if I'm honest, like I'd listen to podcasts on and off um, in general, but this year I just got really into them, and I went. I, I don't know. Like all of us, this year is just unearthed um a lot of my past demons and I think listening to podcasts for me like specifically ones like happy place made by humans how to fail like listen to those kind of podcasts just really helped me out a lot on certain days and I got a lot of resources and a lot of helpful information from them that's really been part of my journey to kind of face my demons and I I just thought, I don't even know how it came up. I just thought, oh, I wonder if I'd, I'd quite like to do a podcast. Like, let's look into it. And before I knew it, I'd booked the equipment. And then I already knew that I've, I've you know, I've, I'm, I've traveled a lot and I've got a lot of different types of people in my life. I'm, I'm, I believe I'm someone who does mingle well with a lot of different types of people. And I just thought with all the amazing people that I have, it would be great to just give them a voice and, for people to hopefully get, you know, helpful information of people they'd never consider getting information of. Yeah. Um. So I did some brainstorming as to what I could do a podcast about because obviously we had time. <laughs> <laughs> um. And I, yeah, it just came up that I just would wanted to create a podcast that was getting individuals in, um, from my life and you know from maybe other people's lives that look like they've inspired them and and just hear what their methods are to get through life and what it brings or and where they're at now maybe they've developed their own methods through exploring other people's ways and it's um even as someone who's recorded them like as the host I am it's been bloody joyous for me like I feel almost selfish that I'm not paying the <laughs> guests for all their like counseling yeah I'm, <laughs> that I they know. end up doing I, I'm 129 in like I feel you like wow yeah well done as well oh my god yeah. I, I actually didn't even I mean I've been a bit distant from the world if I'm honest this past year I really have like at one point I just was deleted everybody off Instagram I wasn't following anyone I was I went in a bit of a hole and 
I was just with a friend of mine the other day and he was like, oh my God, you could go on to Kane's. I was like, well, Kane's, Kane's always a podcast. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, the ins and outs. I've seen that floating about and I, I never, oh, so I'm just, it's just so lovely. I'm so proud of you as well. Thank like, you. No, it's great. great that you've, you've taken the leap to do it too. Cause I remember when I was first contemplating doing it, it was like, I was really nervous because I was like, it's something I want to do. It's something that's needed. But like, I had this kind of like a bit of imposter syndrome. Like, why do I feel like mm. I have the right to do it? You know, what makes me certified to speak on it? And then it's like, okay, well, you evaluate like your journey and what you've been through and the things you've experienced. And then it's like, actually, I do have a lot to offer. I, I do have a lot of contact. So it's stepping into the unknown and being brave. And I think it's, it's a real brave thing to do, right? Because you put in... Uh, I guess your people's opinion of you on the line because you're just speaking openly on a platform, not knowing people's reactions. You don't know how they respond to what they hear, how the oh, what mood yeah. they're in. You know, it's not like a general conversation that you have with someone where you can understand the energy or the vibe that you're giving off. It's just a conversation. So if someone is at home feeling a certain way and you say something that might not resonate well with them, then like it's a brave thing to do to put to put yourself on the line so I commend you massively for it because it, for me it was quite daunting yeah oh my god massively like I I've um I've always struggled with I guess just how to show up really like with my voice and I'm usually someone who just kind of puts other people's needs before my own and I've just always kind of floated through life as a people pleaser and um this doing this uh podcast um as in my one <laughs> mm-hmm. um and this one as well I suppose but it, it's been a real like challenging thing to go you you need to not care about what anyone thinks Megan mm-hmm. like if if this is feeling right then do it like like sometimes I'll, I'll kind of go off on my own tangent on my own podcast and after I'll just be like oh my god like do I cut that out or do I keep it in? Like, what is the point of this podcast? I, sh- I should, I'm going to keep it in. And it's just, it's just, I feel like I'm, it's helped me grow so much. I mean, like mm. I said before, it's, it's kind of part, it's this podcast really is an extension of, I think the work I've done for myself this year. And I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm proud of myself. I mean, without be. sounding, you know, like a douche, but <laughs> I, I, I Definitely am. not douchey. Yeah. And it's, you're creating a platform for others to to benefit and learn. That's what I really love about it. It's kind of like a, it's selfless, but mm. at the same time, it's kind of selfish because we're doing it for like for our own benefit as well. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> like I, I, uh, when I first started, probably like the first, I don't know, say like 10, 15 episodes, I, I was very much like, I've no idea who's listened. I've no idea who's heard, but I don't care because I've heard it and I've listened. And then I yeah. start learning actually about what I'm doing and how to figure out this listeners. And then you go, oh, wow, that more than I would, I thought I'd listen to that one. Oh, what did I say? And I started then going down rabbit holes, being like panicking, you know, like God, I yeah. upset anyone. But it is what it is. And uh, I'm really happy for you. And I've listened to your first episode and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, oh, and it was just nice so and it felt really nice to hear your voice like I feel mm. like I've not spoke to you in such a long time I felt like I was in the room you know I was like yeah mm. oh it's so nice it is actually so nice to see you Kane I really hope you're I really hope you're well you look you look well life is good well on the grand scheme of things I'm totally, here, yes, right? that's what you've got to think about of course, of course indeed um so my podcast is kind of 
I dive into, I guess, the lives of people in the entertainment industry and kind of hear about their journey. Um, and not like a biography, but just more of a, a general chit chat. So I'd love to go into like how you, what got you into performing? Like, how did that start for you? Mm-hmm. Um, so my mum was and still is because of who she is, a performer. And I think she definitely influenced me and I think like any kid they kind of you know you get kind of put into dance lessons and stuff but I never wanted to let it go and um I oh god it's a big question really I just always is I always knew it was what I wanted to do like I went into after like training at like your local dance school I trained at the place for five years and that really opened my mind to like what else the body could do other than ISTD. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I, I loved really like, I just, I just, do you know what? I just love dancing. Like I just love dancing and in I, to, to perform in front of people is obviously fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I, I always loved performing in front of people and, and, and audiences and stuff. But then when I was at Bird, uh once I graduated I was very very fortunate to land a job pretty quickly um and it was on got to dance and I'd never performed in front of a camera before and I don't know just something about it just brought me alive I just loved having a camera like just floating about my head while I was dancing and I know I loved I guess I loved the this idea of this like commercial world I never thought I would go into it because I was such an MT girl um but I just love the idea that I had one chance to get it right. Obviously, if it was live, um, mm-hmm. one chance to get it right. And that just made my adrenaline and my, you know, heart rate so fast. And I was just, I just loved it. Yeah, it was, um, I've actually forgotten the question you've asked. So what got you into, I said, what got you into dance? But I've thoroughly. Oh my God, sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, well, no, to answer going, it, great. then my mum got me into dance. That's it. I mean, yeah. I mean but I, uh, yeah, but I was the one who, kept it going she didn't push me at all um she was just like you sure you want to do it because it's a tough industry she was like a western wendy um so you already knew right at the beginning that it could be a career because obviously your mum was doing it as a career yeah yeah literally kind of dope because for most well for most people for a lot of people i speak to on here it's like they never really thought about it ever really being a career or knowing that it could be it just kind of fell into place or they learned along the way when someone told them but I guess if your mum was already doing it as a living and you have a you know you go oh mum does that I can do that I guess it probably seemed very obtainable yeah it it felt like I could do it like it was just like oh that is a career one can have and one can achieve and do well Um, Mm. and so I just I think I always knew that I was gonna make it happen because I knew it could happen yeah yeah and I guess you have the person who couldn't be, I guess, closer to you is your mum, who's done it. And if she's cheering you on as well, it's kind of like no holding you back. Because for me, mm. where I was from, it was the the impossible. You know, it was like right. dance wasn't a job if you're from Cardiff. It was the furthest thing away. So actually to try and grasp it really felt like jumping hurdles, you know, and like trying to change people's opinions and make people see what I saw. But I can't imagine how lovely that must have been. Obviously, it would have still been difficult. But just to have someone so close to you who can, I guess, kind of mentor you in a way. Yeah, she was. it was really lovely because I remember from an early age, I was saying to my mum, look, I, 
as much as she wanted to help me out and be involved, I remember really saying to her, look, I, I really want to do this by myself. And if I need your help, I, I'm so grateful that you can help me, but I'll ask for it. And she really did. She kind of stepped back and was there for me if I needed her. But most of the time, I just wanted to pave my own path. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to follow in my mum's footsteps. I wanted, to, I really did want to kind of just make it on my own. Um, mm. But her support was undeniable. Um, and I, I know she still lives through it through me um whenever I get a chance to get her up dancing she's sent a stage even if there's not a stage she <laughs> creates a stage so that's why I said she's not a performer but she still is <laughs> yeah that's yeah. super dope um mm. you said earlier that you went to the place yeah how long were you there five years so how old were you when you went to the place I went when I was 12 um and left when I was oh that's a lie I went there when I was 11 and left when I was about 16 so was it like kind of like a performing arts boarding school yeah it well it wasn't a boarding school but it was it was called the cat scheme which is an undergraduate um program and i would go up well initially i was going up twice a week um and training tuesday nights and all day saturday or, or whatever day it was and then i joined a um under 18s contemporary company called shift and i was then going up another two times a week so it it got to a point where i was going into london like four nights days a week to train at the place mm. um yeah what was what was that like doing it at such a young age because i guess it's you know it's not just your average local dance school where you're going to do your modern tap jazz and ballet mm. you know you're going to a place where <laughs> a place you go into mm -hmm. the place where like it was kind of like the hub for contemporary dance yeah I mean it's, it's funny I didn't realize it at first I didn't know I just someone at my secondary school which is hilarious because my secondary school has closed down now it was that rough and um mine too. but like yeah, <laughs> yeah and mine uh, too. the dance teacher was like you should you should audition for this undergraduate scheme and it was in London I was like okay I'll do it and honestly like I mean, like I said, it was just my world opened up. I didn't know that you could move in that way. I didn't know that any thought that would come to your mind could be put into a show. Like I remember watching a piece where a woman literally spun around like dizzy dinosaurs for half an hour taking her clothes off. And that was the end of the show. And it's like, there was no, there's no limit to, to artistry and to creation in the contemporary world. And that really kind of, yeah, just, it, 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 it's, it set me alight inside really and and uh in a good way um I loved it and and I didn't love it at the same time because I also did find it you know as a teenager I also did find it really weird mm. um I remember one piece we had to constantly shout out pizza while dancing and it was just bizarre and anyway I, like, I knew that yeah I never saw I, the Britney dancers doing this <laughs> well that's the thing like I I, I just I, I think a note I always got and what I had I'd always got is Megan you're doing too much um <laughs> and uh I think I just I mean never say never I'd love to go into the contemporary into a contemporary company one day like who knows but uh I feel like I just had too much I'm even about to say this but I had a bit too much spunk for like nice. contemporary yeah solid to choice that. of words that was, I, I had to say that. it I yeah. just it felt right it made and, sense yeah and it was and, it was the change in your face as you said it 
<laughs> oh, anyhow, um, yeah, I, I and I kind of like when it came to when I was getting to the age where it was like, okay, dance college, it was like, do I stick with contemporary or do I want to do musical theatre? And I lo- I'm always someone who likes to change what I'm up to. And I just thought going into musical theatre college, I'd be doing different things all the time and contemporary was just contemporary and ballet mm-hmm. so I did go to bird um within like during the first year I did not like bird at all and uh how come I just well I went from a world that was so open and like expressive and like physical and just incredible we walked to work with the most con- I, I loved the place so much mm. and then going to bird where they strip you back and they you had to work on your first position again for like half an hour and it's like am I a child you know I, I felt really um I just felt like I'd taken about 100 steps back and I was just like great I just want to go back to that world that I was in but I'm grateful for it because it just really brought you back to basics for that first year and re just recentered yourself for yeah I just feel like you know the first year of college for me sucked but in hindsight it was um it definitely it whipped me into shape ready for you know mm. do you feel like the the time at the place was benef not beneficial because it would have been beneficial but at mm. the time did you feel like it gave you an advantage when you're at bird because when you go to full-time education like i did as well same as you it really just becomes your world you know it's all you do all day every day and i always remember being felt like that nothing outside of this mattered and everything that i wanted to do or was good at i didn't get to utilize when i was there right no but did you feel like that your training at the place put you in a i guess a superior position not as a human but just like technically or talent wise or experience wise than the other people who are starting off at first year because most people going wouldn't have had the same amount of experience that you have had before that um it's a, it's an interesting question because i think i went there feeling really i wouldn't I'm not arrogant i was just confident that i could dance mm. um and bird i you know I'm really not about to bow, bad mouth bird because I freaking I loved I loved my time there and mm-hmm. I, I I'm back working there now so full circle <laughs> I, I, I love it um but I think I mean I can't speak for other colleges but bird the teachers really um give you some tough love and I remember in one of the classes one of the ballet teachers just decided to just you know go <laughs> come for me and uh and one of the things he said was um Megan, what is your style of dance? Like, what do you do? And I just went, you know, just in my mind, just where I was at, I was like, contemporary? And he went, oh my God, if you're a contemporary dancer, I'd give, I'd give up now or something, you know? Mm. And uh, so at Bird, they, they definitely like make, they put you in a position where it's like, are you sure you want to do this? Constantly, every day. So I think my confidence, it didn't go down during when I was at Bird, but I think it definitely made me have maybe... I don't want to say humble pie because like I said, I wasn't arrogant about it, but it did just make me, they made me think I wasn't good enough, which I guess for some people, that's what makes people drop off. But for me, I, I rise to challenges. So being told I wasn't good enough, I was like, well, I'm going to prove to you that I am. That was, was my mentality. There was something about that old school method, which like you 
people just couldn't get away with that now you know like we're so woke <laughs> we're so yeah. like fragile like i remember my teacher at college oh my god she it would make or break you you know she test you every minute of every day and it yeah. was those you do the sink or swim you know and i always like i teach at a college now and i'm like wow you could never speak to a student like that you know i'd lose my job mm -hmm. instantly and how different it is do you feel like that is necessary to be that those tactics were necessary oh um i think that that's a really good question yes and no and hear me out with both of those answers because if I didn't get that kind of tough love that I did at Birds, from being in the industry, I've received tougher mm -hmm. love and I've been able to have the thick skin and the kind of training even in that to be able to just, you know, treat it as like water off a duck's back, kind of shake it off or just, you know, it's... It, I was prepared for the industry to be like that. So when it did, when, you know, harshness did come up, it was, it was, I could deal with it. But then at the same time, you know, speaking to students like that, who are already stressed, who are already tired, who are so young. So young. And, and, you know, are being molded into adults and essentially treating the students or telling the students that you're not good enough in so many ways you know as they're trying to be an adult it just it's kind of not very good foundation um for the self yeah uh and it just takes the wrong you know someone could say something just to the wrong student and that just sends them in a spiral so but then you can't how do you know it's, it's I mean essentially even as a teacher now like Anything I could say, even if I feel like I'm saying the right thing, could send someone into a spiral. So at the same time, teachers can't. It's a really, that's a re I, I find that a really tough answer, a question to answer because I see the pros and cons in it. But I just For think sure. some. I mean, <laughs> if I'm just reflecting, there are there were some moments that were just out of order from from teachers Outrageous. to me and me too. And, even to other students, and it's just like, was that necessary? I mean, I get tough love, but was that necessary? Come on, yeah. it's um. So yeah, I do think I, th I think there's a fine line. In my experience, I saw lots of people uh, break. You know, like I said, it's make oh God, or break, yeah. and lots of people break and they stop doing it as a career and they fell out of love with it. And mm. for me, I was so determined at achieving what I wanted to achieve. There was nothing. No one's opinion was gonna change that so you could be as tough as you wanted to me and I would just be like yeah I don't care I'm just here because I need to get these skills and I'm going to take them and do what I actually want to do yeah I was I could shake it off very easily but I saw all my friends at the time being broken down broken down and now I'm in the same position as you where I teach people who are trying to come into this industry what I find as a teacher that my job isn't to give them just tough tough love it's to to build their confidence to a place where when they get tough love, they can handle it. But mm, also yeah. if they are already at that place, then you can give them a bit of tough love. If it's the kid that always gets yeses, then maybe he needs to learn how to take some no's, you yeah. know, cause you, that's something that you don't prepare for. If you've never, if you're the favorite at college and then you go into the big wide world, actually most of the time, all the ones I've, I've always seen as the favorites are always the ones that don't really make it. Because yeah. they haven't built up that resilience, you know, they haven't built up that thick skin to get a no from an audition or get cut from a number. You know, mm -hmm. they, they're not cut out for it. Whereas the, and I hate the word underdog, but the underdogs always seem to be the ones that can handle that shit.
Yeah. Because they've done it for a long time. So I think it depends on the the individual, right? Of who you're, which student you're giving tough love and what's the reasoning behind it as opposed to just doing it as a general atmosphere to the classroom. 100%. Like I think as a teacher, you have a responsibility to put your own, you know, situations out of the room and and be so present with the people you have in front of you to know how to deal with them effectively um and without causing you know <laughs> lifelong damage yeah <laughs> um yeah because yeah. I, I do think that even the the students which maybe don't have a career in dance or in performing after going through three years of performing arts you are going to pick up skills that are going to carry over into the real world which are going to like prepare you for things that someone who just went to university and did a degree doing accounting or doing media studies isn't used to having they're not used to having that as much like because dance is our hobby you know yeah. so when you're getting like beat down for your hobby it does build a different resilience and oh yeah you know someone who's just got a degree course and then goes to an interview and gets two no's then their world's ending but we're used to getting no's right we're used to having that yeah Tough love like our determination our discipline is you I mean you can pick us out in a crowd like I think anyone that's trained I mean I'm, I'm specifically talking about dance college here I suppose mm -hmm. but if, if anyone who's trained at a dance college the life skills that you take from that and the determination 100% can be taken into wherever you go from there and it's something not to be lost it's mm. a beautiful quality and I think as well like if 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 it does work out that, you know, you were unfortunately zapped from the passion of performing from college, then I guess just trust that wherever you flow to from there is 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 where you're meant to be. Because, you know, I mean, can you swear on this podcast? Because I'm Fuck really holding yeah. back swear words. Fuck okay, yeah. cool. Okay, cool. I mean, I did say spunk, so... <laughs> I mean, but not, in a different context. Not, not quite swearing, but <laughs> yeah, I know. But uh, let's just move on, please. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh god. Oh, that's fantastic. Can we swear? Because I've already said spunk. <laughs> I mean, I'm, it sounds like I'm really. Anyway, Prude. Um, Rude. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. Yes, of course you can bloody swear. Um, okay, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> should have probably said that beforehand. Uh, so when you left college, uh, yeah. and you you landed this job, forgot to dance. Yeah. Um, what was it like going to do a commercial job when you've come from this contemporary background and then you're in your ideal world at the time? You're like, I want to go into musical theatre because you said you're an MT head. What yeah. was it like then stepping into doing this commercial thing, which had you planned that you already wanted to do it by then or was it just coincidence? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll kind of re rewind like about a year before I graduated. Um I we had we'd have guest kind of teachers choreographers come in like any college does but we had the blessing of having uh Kieran Daly Ward and Rachel Kay Michelle Queen uh Simeon from Burgang and so having these um outside choreographers come in and you know work with us it just was like oh what's this and finding out what they did and I was like oh I could I could do that and then you'd, you'd hear like you know classic college bubble stuff it's like um oh my god so thingy went to the expat audition and she said it was mental and it was like everyone was just there was like hundreds of people in one room and anyway you're hearing it and you're kind of going bloody hell I don't think I could ever do that you know it's just kind of like 
I mean, I'll go for it because why not? I, I mean, my mentality leaving college was I'm just going to audition for everything because I, I don't really know where I'm going to land. Um, and I was auditioning a lot for musical theatre whilst in my third year. And then Rachel, I, I got into Dancers Inc. through Rachel. Rachel was, I mean, Rachel was literally like my mother hen, like I freaking love her. And um, she managed to land me an audition with Glenn Ball um, doing Kimberly Wyatt's, um, you know, uh, judge performance on Got to Dance. And uh, I got it. And it was freaking amazing because at the time as well, Pussycat Dolls, I mean, I, I wanted to be a Pussycat Doll since they, I, I knew who they were. And so to work with Kimberly Wyatt was absolutely mad. And I think to land that as like my first job was just, mm. I, I mean, I just knew straight away. I was like, I freaking love this. And um, yeah, I mean, the it kind of just, the ball didn't stop rolling for a long time mm. after that. So I'm just, I'm so grateful for how everything just has worked out for me as as a you know with regards to my career. Um, I know it is down to hard work. Um, and a friend of mine told me off the other day because I was like, I'm so lucky, and he was like, No, it's your hard work. And I was like, Well, it's also lucky, but whatever. But I, yeah, yeah. Both at, both at the same time. Glenn Ball yeah. gave me my first job too. Oh really? What yeah, was that? Yeah. Uh, he helped me get Royal Variety performance for George Sampson in 2008. Oh. And then he booked me on my first tour for Same Difference in 2009. Oh, my God. Wonderful. Mm. Yeah. Weird, right? <laughs> yeah, I was like, when soon you said it, my first job. And I was like, oh, sick. Mine too. Oh, nice. Um, when you did that TV show. Yeah. But however old you were, straight out of college, Meg. Mm -hmm. What was the feeling like? What was it? Were you nervous? Were you scared? Did you feel prepared for it? Because I always have this thing where uh, once a student graduates, they have a qualification in dance. But half right. the time, I believe the majority of the people that get the qualification aren't actually qualified yet because there's so much stuff that they, they don't know. You just you've passed a course. You know, did you feel like you were ready for it? Hmm. Yes, I I did. It was actually me, one other girl and two guys um, on the job. So I was definitely nervous. I definitely felt, you know, pushed. But luckily, I know it was, it, Callum Powell was on the job. And then Callum McDonald, who literally it was his first job from Australia. And then my friend uh, Sarah Seville. And it was I think it was her first job from New Zealand. So there was a lot of like nice new energy on on the gig. And then obviously Callum Powell was just wonderful. Um so I don't think I was I wasn't ready, but I think you know with, again, like I said, without going too deep, I wasn't. So I have like I was nervous and was taking it out on my mental health at the time. Um, so I hid it well, but I I didn't cope well with the nerves, um, which I guess I never really thought about to this day, but. Yeah, I don't know how deep I want to go really right now, but I, it, yeah, it was a lot. I'm not going to lie. I think, I think it was like just left college. Oh my God, front of millions of people. And I, I dealt with it behind closed doors, not very well, but in the room and the overall, you know, excitement of it was just thrilling mm. and just wonderful. Um, do you think that, and I heard you say it on your podcast, and I'd love you to say it on mine, um, mm. that mm. 
in our industry is so tough, right? And we're put mm -hmm. under a lot of pressure. And I guess the pressure resonates with some people and some people it doesn't. But I always think, I always have this joke where I'm like, we have essentially control over everything that happens. Because yeah. as soon as the camera's on, it's like, if I drop Nicole, the show's ruined. If I push over <laughs> Jedward, like, do you I mean, we actually have so much control and pressure on us that we're just trained to cope with. But yeah. sometimes there's this external thing where it's like, we, we put we want to be so perfect that if I get this arm wrong, it's going to end my career. Like, we, it's so dramatic because yeah. the consequences <laughs> feel so big because it's always on such a mass production. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's, it's never... It is sometimes like a smaller production, but when it is a huge production, it's all this, the whole thing essentially is there to film us on stage going one and two and that we're used to doing <laughs> in front of a mirror where it doesn't really mean a lot. And then all of a sudden it means a lot. Yeah. If you think of other sporting professions, mm -hmm. um, you have uh, therapists, you have physios, you have all these things brought in to make you perform the best you can at the, in that in your game or in your show you know yeah. so a footballer his whole week is evolved around how he's going to cope with himself physically and mentally to prepare for that show or for yeah. that match and in ours it's kind of like it's down to us to know how to do that but yeah. it's something that we're never really taught or i wasn't ever taught and maybe it is now but i was never prepared for that and i was never taught that i was never told that you should probably talk to people how you feel maybe you might need to get a therapist you should make sure you see a physio if something hurts you should do this to prepare yeah. it's you're not told this stuff you're told you need to look this way you need to be able to do this and you need to show up and and, and, and be up. amazing <laughs> yeah no matter what the show no must what. go on yeah you know and in no other profession as a an athlete, let's say, where yeah. it's physical and mental. Do I really see that? Mm. You know, they have sports psychologists and they have all these different things. And for us, it's like, it's about how you look. It's about the show must go on and you've got to do a good job. Yeah. Go. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I've, I really struggle with that. I think this year has been that moment for me to actually realize that for myself. Um, for someone who's always danced like has had, and has known nothing else um i put dance for me has 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 always been a form of expression and a way of something that can be healing for me even before i even knew it was i knew that like for example in my teens when i was really suffering with my mental health and eating disorder i literally wasn't speak to anyone at the time no one and but dancing you know four times a week in London and just in general was a way of me to almost try and not try and ask for help but must think I think that's why I was so full out because I was like screaming with my body and I think when I so I'm just kind of sharing my own personal experience no, um and yeah <laughs> um and with a yeah, so before I went to dance college, I was put into hospital and I was still training at the place, but because of the, um, how intense I was, you know, putting myself into exercise and stuff, I was told to stop exercising and just to really focus on getting better. Mm -hmm. And what for me, 
the hospital being in the hospital I was in there for a few months it was some of the darkest moments in my entire life and and I hated it with every part of my being and the only thing that the only reason I wanted to get better was because I wanted to dance so I believe dance saved my life and um while when I was in the hospital um I was just I wasn't faking it but I was you know managed to just kind of get the food down or whatever I I was saying I was fine. I was going to be getting out. Great. Cool. Get me out. Get me out. Get me out. I was, I'd, I'd, by this point already knew I was going to birds. And when I left the hospital, they said I needed to continue therapy. And I just went, absolutely not. I'm a dancer. Done. I'm, I'm, no one will ever know this about me because I am, this is what I'm going to do and nothing's going to get in my way. And let me tell you, I've had that mentality ever since until this year of just like, you know, I, I like at college, no one knew. It was only at one point I broke down to my friend because I wasn't doing very well. And uh, then obviously, like I said, I then from college just jumped straight into work. And since then haven't stopped working, which I'm so grateful for. But to take care of myself, I wasn't, I wasn't taking care of myself, which is what led me to, I had a breaking point when I broke up with my ex. And I was like, I need to get away from everything. And that's, that's why I go traveling because it just it's an escapism for me it, it was a it was a chance for me to really just kind of be who I was and and I realized that I, I wasn't coping very well and I think since that experience of going away and actually realizing that I, I was unhealthy even though I may look healthy but I was unhealthy um has it's just been a journey since of actually realizing whoa we are really taught and again I'm speaking as a dancer as dancers to you know you have to show up and of course you do of course you do right you have to show up for other people you're you're learning other people's stuff like you, you are you're doing what you paid for but mm -hmm. you really it, it goes against what you really want like what I really wanted and I don't know where I'm going with this but I guess what I'm trying to say is we from a younger age or from very much earlier on should be taught the lifestyle that we should have as a dancer um what else comes with the industry not just you're on stage you're dancing you need to look a certain way train you know look pretty get your nails done you want to be the hottest girl in the job you want to be able to look fantastic in a freaking bikini and like high stiletto heels mm -hmm. no you want to you want to you want to be happy before you want to be genuinely happy. So then when you show up on the job, you're, you're stable in your being, you're grounded. And, mm -hmm. and it's really is so about finding that out mm -hmm. as well as, you know, aiming for your dreams and aspirations because it, it will come back and bite you, which I can hand on my heart from the truth. Say it does. And mm -hmm. Yeah, God, that was a lovely old ramble then, wasn't it? I mean, I, no, it's, but it's... It, I mean, like I said, it's a very fresh subject it, for me. Yeah, but so it, makes, I'm, it yeah. makes complete sense. And especially in line with like what I said, we're just told, like, go out there and do the show. And we're taught uh, the skills of being a performer. And we're not, talk, we're not taught the health. We're not taught about how to look after yourself. We're not taught about nutrition. We're not taught about, like, uh, you 
but you do eight hours of exercise a day. So you should probably eat enough food to cover to cover the output that you're going to go because otherwise your body is going to shut down and you said like you had an eating disorder and all these things uh they all come in from a way of going you you want to work you have to look a certain way see that yeah. girl in the g-string doing that show like that's she's successful so yeah we, you'll only we, get like you'll only work if you if you look if you look way. like that and and i and then you're not taught yeah. how to look like that in a safe way or even if it's possible to look like that because not all of us are going to look like that like i i'm never going to look like aaron witter that's okay but like you're told that that's the the goal you know like i, I had the very similar thing i used to have people say to me because i was quite short chubby pale and ginger people go to me you're a really great dancer but you just don't have the look and glenn ball was always the one which people say you need to look like that you know right. and for mm -hmm. me i was i was just like okay i'll do whatever it takes to look like that and I ruined my metabolism, damaged my metabolism, yeah. like really had a poor relationship with food. And I never understood it until probably seven, eight years later where I'm like, why don't I eat carbs anymore? Like, why <laughs> won't I touch sugar? Why aren't I enjoying Christmas dinner with my friends and family? Yeah. You know, like all these things. And it sounds like you kind of had a similar experience if you said that you had an eating disorder, in, which I don't know if that led you into being unwell and going into hospital, yeah. but it sounds like you were... <laughs> starving your body essentially from what you are asking it to do yeah well I think there were a lot of factors which led me to controlling my eating because I felt out of control mm -hmm. um but from readdressing it this year and really you know trying to heal that side of me I realized that it you know no one ever told me I was fat no one ever um, said I was ugly, um, but the good. world did. Yeah, the world, even taking this out of dance for a sec, um, as well as obviously it is dance. But look on the cover. I mean, not so. I mean, there is a movement at the moment, and it is really, really beautiful to watch, and it makes me emotional just knowing that there's gonna, you know. We're starting to see larger women on the front cover. We're starting to see women of all shapes and sizes, in fact, with all different colors, abilities and, you know, preferences. It's, it's just it's really opening up. And I'm really excited for the young generation to just even just to be seeing that. Because growing up for me, I remember, I don't know, just simple thing like you go to the hairdressers, you open a magazine and you just this celebrity's losing weight. How much better does she look? And I don't know. I mean, that's just an example. But no, but it's and then I'd look at myself in the mirror. And obviously, as a dancer, you're constantly in front of the mirror. But I'd always see what the world liked, and then look at myself in the mirror and go, "Well, I'm not that. So how am I going to succeed? How how could I possibly succeed? I'm small. I'm curvy. Um, I'm broad and that isn't what the world likes. So I, without realizing, I think from a very, I mean, this is pubescent, like <laughs> little girl was trying to fit in essentially. Yeah, and you're, you're, and you're building your foundations on the ideology of that's what you need to be like. Exactly. And then obviously not, I'm not the only one experiencing it. So, uh, I mean, I'm speaking again, just from girls here, but so is every single other girl and especially in the dance industry so, so, so even at college oh no of course they, of course they, guys. but like if they go you know they, we have this taboo where guys don't feel it too like I, um, it's my it's my job to look good topless and yeah. i still suffer with it and the best thing that's happened about covid is that i've not had to 
worry about going on stage and thinking if someone looks if I look fat bending over you know and I'm a 30 year old man and I still go through that yeah it's 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 um and I think that's not helped from just all of us going through it you know so you know when you're at college and you're getting dressed dressed and there's maybe just one girl who's like oh god had one plate of pasta too much last night it's already on my hips and then that instantly leads to a conversation of oh my god you think you've got big thighs like look at my stomach and then we're just just negative conversations Mm. and and obviously when we're all just feeding this industry this diet industry this beauty industry when we're feeding it i mean they're winning because they're making money off of us they're they're making money off of our misery Mm. and like and and by that i mean you know whether we we take diet pills or whether we're you know going down the latest fad or we are you know just literally killing ourselves to Mm. fit in and to look good and i you know it's, it's, it's so, I mean, it's so interesting for me talking about this on a podcast because obviously on my podcast, I'm hosting mm-hmm. and I let in a little bit, but to actually be the one who's speaking about it, I just want to be part of the movement that is celebrating everyone in no matter what shape or form they are and know that there's a path for them. Mm-hmm. I really, I really want to be part of that movement. And I think to be part of that movement, I must for myself show up in that way. And, and I'm, I'm on that path of embracing who I am and, and, and how I've been formed and the body that I've chosen to land in. And mm-hmm. it's, uh, and just being given the opportunity to speak on this podcast about it, even if I am a little bit wobbly in, in, in how I'm speaking or I'm, I'm trying to make sense Not of it well. myself. I just hope that for anyone listening, um, please put yourself and your mind first and know that who you are is enough. Mm. And I'm not just saying that as just some like wanky, you know, you're enough, but it's like from the bottom of my being, I really want people to know that they're enough and in a world that is constantly forever changing, but you know, in a good way with regards to the beauty industry, like, trust me when I say that there is a place for you. And I think no one looks better than when they're confident in their skin. So even if, you know, like, for example, it's crazy, isn't it? Like Lizzo, let's just use Lizzo for an example, right? We spoke about her on my podcast last night with Teresa Espinosa. She brought up Lizzo as well. Amazing. Like she is iconic because me growing up, and hear me out here, like me growing up, I'd look at her and be like, oh God, I couldn't, um, I, I, am I that fat? You know, mm. right? So that's, that's, that was my dialogue. Am I that fat? As if it's a bad thing. And she's just gone, I'm fat. I'm taking that word and I look freaking fabulous. And she freaking does. Like to the point where I'm then punching myself in the head. I'm not actually punching myself in the head, but, and I'm just like, oh my God, like it's right there, Megan. Like all you have to do is just own it. Mm-hmm. Like freaking hell! Like you, I could be, I could put on twenty stone, but as long as I look, if I if I feel fabulous and if I'm owning my my absolute gorgeous like round body, mm-hmm. then I will look fabulous. It's it's yeah. all about how you feel within, and I think the more we can find out how each one of us works to know what makes us feel good, 
then if we return to that each time we're triggered or we are stepping into these zones like you know the industry or into work environments where people are still unstable Mm -hmm. then we can return back to what we really know and that is that we're fabulous and that's why these conversations are really important for people because you know we both have been through our own versions of I guess, a a relationship with food or an eating disorder. When I was in LA, I used to spend $500 a month on supplements. Yeah. You know, and no, not steroids, just supplements, just protein powder or like a fat burner and like creatine because someone said, if I take these, I'm going to look a specific way. I I wasn't making that much money to do that. I, you know, I stopped myself from being able to pay bills on time because I had Mm. to make sure that I had this thing because if I didn't take these tablets and look this way, then I'm not going to book the next job you know and I, 100% you know, I did juice plus I mean I was even selling it at one point but this juice plus meant that you had like just juices for each meal and the most I mean the the, the most dangerous thing about it is people were telling me oh my god you look so good yeah and um and it's obviously just makes you do it more so yeah. and then for me what changed it for me is listening to a podcast about health and fitness called mind pump and they talk about a lot the relationship with food and it made me understand that all the people i looked up to were weren't necessarily healthy people they looked Mm. great you know they were bodybuilders and they had all these six packs but it's like they're not actually healthy they don't have a good relationship with food therefore their social life probably sucks because they can't eat the meal that they want when they go on a date or on christmas day you know, what actually are they putting in their body? Are they actually having nutrients? No, they're just getting a certain amount of calories. They're not getting the density of the foods, you know? And then then on the flip side, I look at like Lizzo and she's owning how she looks and I'm all for it. But then at the same time, I, my worry is that that's going to get misconstrued with an unhealthy lifestyle. Is totally. okay. Mm. I feel like we need to be promoting it, but going... Uh, is she is she living a healthy lifestyle is she exercising is she taking care of her heart and her lungs we should celebrate health as opposed to celebrating how people look 100 percent, 100 percent. i hit but hear me out mm-hmm. of course health should be promoted but that isn't to, to say that it's a destination like so yes we'll promote health but if you are a bigger girl or a bigger guy or a slimmer girl or a slimmer guy or whatever in between it's still you should still be shown that you are enough in that of course and that like if you know and some of us are born thicker skinned some of us are born you know so petite that it's literally just skin and bones that's just how some people are born and it's it's knowing that everyone's health can be at a different size and it's celebrating that i mean who's to say i'm you know lizzo could be eating freaking chickens and chips every day but that's her choice Mm -hmm. and of course you know a healthy lifestyle is definitely encouraged like i think that's that's absolutely that's of course of Mm -hmm. course but if someone doesn't want to that's their choice Mm -hmm. and if they choose that no matter what they choose if they choose health or not whatever their body is in the process of it, they should still feel that they're enough at each stage of that process. And I think that is what is lacking with regards to the acceptance of, you know, great, you're putting your health first, but right now you are, you know, you are size 40 or something. And, um, and, and, but you're still gorgeous and you can still rock it in that freaking 
dress and yeah. and and it's, you can still go to the beach and wear a bikini like or whatever. two different components of health right it, that yeah. you're, we're, we're talking about a mental health mental yes. health they should be able to say i am enough but f- i worry that I don't know much about Lizzo, but I'm just going to use it as an example because we've used her as a reference. Say she is eating chicken and chips every day and living on ice cream and going, I am enough, I'm okay. And promoting that to let's go back to, or let's find a new 14-year-old Meg Mm. who's going, well, I don't need to be healthy because she's famous and she's getting praised and loved and she eats that so I can eat that. What are we setting her up for failure in other areas as her physical health, not a mental health, because her mental health, if we're looking after that, that's fine. But then we also need to build her physical health. And it's scientifically proven that if your physical health and you're getting nutrients and water and good quality foods, that's going to benefit your mental health. I think, yeah. And and I know. And also like roles reversed. I think when you start feeling in yourself that you're enough and that you're better you will want to treat yourself better exactly and you will want to make better choices for yourself naturally because you are worth it like and and whether that be like you wake up in the morning and instead of having I don't know a glass of coke you could be like "Mm, I really I just want to nourish myself with some gorgeous fresh filtered water (laughs) i don't know that was a really weird example but or even like after that okay okay so let's say you've gone for a walk or you're instead of um sorry wait i'm gonna boom bounce right back so i read a um i actually read a book called health at every size um really recommend it and it talks about intuitive eating Mm. and when you're you know when you're working on your mental health and you're in a good space before you eat and this isn't um encouraging controlling eating like maybe how I used to do it with my health problems um it's actually asking your body and listening to what he she they want Mm -hmm. and it's going to yourself like for example for me right now I just ate before this podcast and I'm if someone said to me do I want food right now I'd probably go hmm I'd listen to my body. I'd feel my like kind of how my stomach feels with regards to just like the weight of what's in it and mm-hmm. and decide from there and go, okay, yes, I am hungry. No, I'm not hungry. And if I am hungry, then what could I eat? Because, but if I'm, I'm just going to recommend Health at Every Size. Yeah. It's a fantastic book. I'm not doing it justice right now, which is a massive shame, but um, I don't know if you put it in the show notes or whatever, but it's a, it's a, um, it really helped me see food in a different way. And, um, and and it's interesting, again, like the intake we have, I'm specifically talking about food or exercise, but how different um, mental factors can change how we eat. Like for example, if we're really sad or, you know, like there'll be, there were days in my past where I was like, oh my God, I'm so fat. And I'm like, oh my God, having a mental breakdown. And to solve it, I'm like, well, I might as well. I'm so fat, just eat four pizzas and just, <laughs> you know, it just makes sense. It's not going to make it, a difference. Yeah, it's not going to yeah. make a difference because I'm so fat. And it's like, oh, like it's binge eating. And then there's the other extreme of it of, you know, oh my God, I'm so fat. I'm not going to eat and just not, not eat. And then because uh, that will make me feel better. And it's, again, that's coming from a mental health place. Mm -hmm. So to come back to what you were saying, health in general, Mm. mental health, physical health, like it's as important. And the more we can find ways of addressing both of them in the ways that make sense to us individually, Mm -hmm. then 
how we look is a result of how we feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, beautiful. I guess. Yeah, I, I don't think either of us are perfectly correct or perfectly wrong. Oh I my god, no! I this is just experience. You know, and I, I, I've, I'm, I'm not qualified to talk about mental health because I don't really know much about it. But I know quite a lot about physical health. So that's why I can go. Maybe we should treat that, and it will have a side effect on the other side. But mm. I think if in our industry this isn't talked about and not taught enough. No. Um, and like both of us being people who have suffered with it but kept it to ourselves and we've flourished and had a very successful career like to the the unknown to the person next to us who doesn't know we've not opened up to they're going they're killing it they're fantastic their life mm. must be perfect you know and it's just it's a strange thing that I find that in other professions that are physical like a footballer or a tennis player yeah. they have coaches for this they're trained oh my this. God. like if you're yeah. a 14 year old or a 12 year old who plays for man city youth you've got a nutritionist you've got yeah. someone who's teaching you what's what you should be doing except for how to kick a ball but we're yeah, not like that's we're part not of their that's part of their training that's part of their yeah. speciality whereas in dance for years even still now it's just you're there as a product. We're treated as products. Mm -hmm. um, and we're not taught how to, you know, actually there's life beneath this product and and there's life outside of dance as well. And there's life outside of the industry. And it's, we, you're as much of a human being as you are your passion. I say and that all the time on here. You need Yeah, to I, I always come back to human. Yeah, hundred percent. Like it's like, you know, I have a tattoo on my in the middle of my chest that's a symbol for human because it's like at my core, at my center, I'm human. Everything from there is an extension of who I am and dance is an extension of who I am. It's a massive extension for who, of who I am. But for mm. so long, I identified as I am a dancer. Me too. And, um, and I completely lost or I just never knew who I was from my core. And... Mm. It takes time and it takes a lot of experimenting and ex exploration to meet yourself. Was was there a specific moment where you thought, I'm a human and not just a dancer? <laughs> uh, there was a specific moment, yes. Um, yeah. Rachel Kay's, uh, she has created a method that's like it's, it's there's a lot of strings to it but there's it was the reason I fly intensive and she does this conversation at the beginning of every single session and it's basically she just sits you down in partners with someone you don't know and one at a time like so example let's say if me and you were there I ask you how are you and then it's timed and they answer for three to five minutes while I all I have to do is listen and the other person just has to speak without any interruption from me. And it's very daunting. And it's very like, oh, my God, how am I? Um, uh, uh, and there's a lot of like, um and ah in. And anyway, during one of them, I just came out of me. And it was just, it was like I got rid of a lot of excess that I was clearly on my mind. And then I just was like, oh, like, I think it was just, I don't even know what I said. I'd be making it up right now. But it's like. I'm, I think it was from anger. I was like, I'm sick of just being known as like 
Megan who can dance is like even in my family of just like she dances this is a dancer like I'm just constantly like oh Megan you know the dancer and it's like well I'm also Megan there's Megan before you even say the dancer and I just remember saying it and then there was that kind of light bulb moment and then not long after that like I said I broke up with my ex and then it was just thing of like now I'm not um Charlie's girlfriend now I'm not oh my god I'm by myself and yeah the rest Mm. is history but it's um I think there's been a lot of light bulb moments, if I'm honest. But that one was is the was a moment for me where I was like, yeah, well, I'm I'm more than I'm more than just a dancer. I'm I'm a, uh, there's a lot of like 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 to us all. We're we're all so yeah. beautiful in in so many other ways, as well as being beautiful in in what we love. Yeah, I think those those light bulb moments are a key. And they they happen for everyone at different times. Like I've spoke about it a lot on here. Like my 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 light bulb moment was losing my brother, and going, mm. oh, when was my last memory with him? I don't have one, you know, because mm. my whole life I've focused on being a dancer, and I've not focused on the hu- the human part of my life. Yeah, I'm not focused on yeah. the my human relationships. I focused on my uh, career relationships. Yeah, like I want I went, when I was in um, Bali. I remember I had like a day where I was like, what am I doing today? I don't know, but I just ended up looking out over the jungle in the rainforest and I was actually house-sitting, which was an absolute result, but that's another story. Um, and I, I just wanted to, I had a moment like that, similar, um, where I just wanted to write down some of the best memories in my life that weren't related to dance. And um, I was the, the rule was, I gave myself a rule, is don't write anything to do with dance, just write just free poor right the best memories that you can think of that aren't related and it was nuts because when I then said it I then just sat there in silence you know when I say silence I just sat there frozen just like wow can't think of anything Mm. wow okay that's sad but then as soon as I did I then it just made me feel really wholesome in in uh in in how much as much as dance is so valuable and beautiful to us it's there's a whole big world out there for if ever dance is taken away from us, like now. So it's um, yeah. if if people haven't gone through that process yet this year, they're I'd be, I'd be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's been quite savage, really, um, as as a performer. So yeah, you've, um, still, you've still got sixteen days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, God knows it's it's funny, funny old time, eh? So during your career. Yeah. What what moments are there that really stand out to you that fulfilled you? And not just on a dance level, not on a surface level. Okay. Um House of Fraser advert with Paris Gobel. I thought you were gonna say just House of Fraser, then I was like shopping. What? It's <laughs> 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 a clothes show. Um no no no. Um I that was nuts. Like, I have always been a massive fan of Paris and uh, she just really took a liking to me on that job and it just filled me with so much, like, I just, I loved it so much. It really made me feel like, oh my God, I I, I love what I do from the bottom of my heart. And she, she inspired me then and inspires me now. So to have had that moment with her was really poignant for me and I feel like I really came into my own from that. Um, another moment was 
doing FK Twigs at the MOBO Awards. Um, choreographer was Aaron Sillis. And that was just ridiculous. I mean, Kane, you can answer this for me. Mm-hmm. How many times on a job have you actually danced? <laughs> well, that's what I enjoy dancing. Because yeah. here's the thing, isn't it? Like, we've yeah. danced on lots of jobs, but the preference of how you're moving for yeah. me is what fulfills me. It's not exactly. necessarily the job role or the credit or the artist. It's normally, am I doing something that feels like it's like I'm owning it? Am I being truly and sincerely without having to put on a character or act, am I being Kane? Exactly. My whole career, I've 98% of it, I have to mold and do something that doesn't feel like I get to be truly and sincerely myself. 100%. And and there's fun in that as well, like perfecting someone's style and then and then getting the satisfaction from it. But um, which I love. And but then doing this FK Twigs mobile was not only is FKA just insane. To say the least. Um, but moving on that job with her was just, oh my God. I, I watch it from time to time, if I'm honest. Like I just loved it. It just made me really feel like a woman. Mm. And I think God obviously was was only like 22 or something. So I really felt like I was like embodying this sensual side of myself that um was really raw and organic rather than just being like a sexy commercial dancer. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that really taps into like something really raw and like earthy. Um, and then also <laughs> Dance, 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 um, uh, which was just the most craziest, most funniest, most stupidest job in the whole wide world. Which and one did you do? With uh, it, Dance, it was the Amsterdam one. It was mm-hmm. the third series. and Because yeah. um, I did the, the first best. and that's my worst oh, yeah. job. No, but it was like, so it <laughs> The reason I said the reason I picked this is because the people that were on that job made it just such a monumental experience because mm-hmm. of what we all went through together. We were all bong, absolutely barking mad, um, and we just just we just had the best time. Like obviously, the job itself like brought up a lot of challenges, but if anything, during the job itself, like my confidence came up because I was speaking up about things that I didn't like, mm. and that was a really pivotal moment for me to go this is wrong. Something about this is wrong. I will not stand for this anymore. So it was a very, it was, I grew so much on that job in so many ways. Um, and just the laughs and the memories from it. I just, I, I, I really came out of my shell with the amazing support of all the dancers on that job. So that was absolutely wonderful. And, um, yeah, like when I did, when we, when we did Kylie together as well, that was just, I mean, it was just me and Jen, um, you know, sometimes, and obviously, being a the uh, what's it what's it wow I've lost my yeah being like Jen Griff's opposite I mean what a delight <laughs> like yeah. what an honor so um that was that that pulled and me up and she if anyone can make sure you have a good time exactly but she also she made me pull up and I think that was you know great for me and just learning from her and you know just as a you know how efficient she is and I always and, think yeah. I always think about when I think of dancers coming up now and I'm like do they know, like, they would, would they even know who she is if they saw her? Because she's not, like, at every class and she's not, like, super famous on Instagram. But it's, like, if you've had an experience or if you've spent time with her on a job, like, you will forever hold that memory. Like, because she will make you pull up. She'll make <laughs> you have fun. She's such a presence as well, isn't she? She'll she's make you have fun, but she'll also teach you stuff. You know, like, you yeah. learn stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think you know when you've worked with Jen because because of everything she is in the best way. And yeah, uh, sure. um, but yeah, oh my god, I, if I'm honest, Kane, like that question that you asked about like moments in your career, I've just I've had I've done some amazing gigs. I'm not mm. gonna lie, like I'm so grateful for the opportunities I've had. Um, I think the most recent one was Robbie Williams in at Hyde Park. Like, fuck me, that was sensational yeah like Robbie Williams in general like that was freaking amazing last year was epic isn't it funny that if you said that in America they'd be like who <laughs> although we, we were doing Vegas it was in Vegas oh. so then there were Americans come in and like getting to know him but uh he opened the show with something like if there are any Americans in here I doubt you'll know me or like I never well he said something like I never made it big in the USA it's, it's in, I can't remember but yeah. um yeah it was it was yeah, I, and then, oh my God, I, sorry, this is a really nice question. You're making me relive some lovely moments. Um, I want to uh, know. Well, okay, well, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, okay, I can um, do it again. Okay, let me get out my pen and paper. I'm joking. Um, yeah, Demi Lovato. Mm -hmm. That was wonderful. What was so wonderful about it? <clears throat> well, um, so working with Danny Vitale, or I, I yeah. really hope I'm saying her last name yeah. right. Um, Vitali and it's definitely, it's definitely no. Okay. <laughs> um, and then it was she's just great. I I have I think in the dance industry, just something that I'm wanting to go into as well is I'd love to create more and be a choreographer one day. And in in my whole career, I probably work with less than four female choreographers, and it's it's a very male heavy industry. Even if they obviously are gay, like it doesn't matter. <laughs> but yeah. like I, I, it's it's either gay men or or men and um and 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 there's not many women so to then work with Danny I really got along with her and I just loved everything about her and we clicked like I clicked I clicked with Jojo as well and on the last gig we did which so so I did about like four or five gigs with them um back to back over like a course of like a couple of months and after like Danny pulled me aside and was like we want you for the world tour and I just bawled my eyes out with just like, oh my God. It just is like, oh my God. I was in a state of shock. And obviously I didn't have a visa. And I was just like, but I don't have a visa. She was like, we'll see what we can do. We'll get it sorted. And unfortunately, um, they couldn't <laughs> get it sorted for me. Um, I think it was a timing thing. And AMCK really... I remember Catherine saying that they tried, um, mm. which was obviously gutting. But at the same time, that I think, you know, everything happens for a reason. And the year that I could have done Demi the Vato's tour was also the year that I went traveling and had the did time your, of my absolute did life. Your tour. Yeah, <laughs> did my yeah, exactly. I did yeah. my tour instead. Um <laughs> but uh so you know, I'm sure I would have had an incredible experience on the Demi Lovato tour, but I my tour is life-changing as well mm. so no regrets <laughs> no, none at all I think those things happen for a reason like I've yeah. had a few of those where like it doesn't come to fruition and you're like but it was meant to happen like I was meant yeah to but it, this but was it, meant to happen it was perfect you know but and it doesn't yeah. and it's 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 learning to be okay with it yeah and and you know what that is so hard it is so hard like when you don't get a job I think especially that's, one that that's you some... really want like yes, 
there's getting nose we get nose all the time nose are easy yeah when you oh my god when you've already sold yourself the job you've told yourself what you're doing you've you've bought the car you've, you've spent yeah, the money you've, you've <laughs> spent the money thinking i've got it like i've got a paycheck coming through it's yeah. fine no you don't you didn't no, even you get like a pencil yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no i i actually think kind of just backtracking to um the mental health side of things you know, we get, get so rejected all the time. And that's something that we need to take care of for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like, I think fresh coming out of college, the nose is so often that it's like, oh my God, I'm never going to do anything. Like no one likes me. And it's like, oh no, but it's, you'll get probably 80% no's and 20% yeses in your whole career. And it does get easier. It, it does. But you get used to it. You get used to it. But then as I'm finding, like, you know, as, as when you work more, you then think, oh, I've, I've, I've you know, like, like to yourself, you know, I mean, I, I hope we all agree. Otherwise I just sound mm. hilarious, but you kind of think, oh, well, I've worked with them before. Or, you know, I think, I think they're going to, I think I'll get it. I think I'll get it, you know, to yourself. Yeah. And then you don't, it's like, oh, why, why don't I get that? And then you start going down these tunnels of just like, mm. oh my God, is it, was it, is it, and you know, like one of my trademark things, which I'm trying not to be a trademark is, oh my God, I've put on weight. That's why, that's why I, I'm, I'm fat. And it's, and it's interesting hearing that, especially this year, like I can hold my hands up and be like, I've only worked once. Like I know other dancers have worked quite a lot, which is incredible, like massive support to people who've been able to work during this time. I've not. And how much it's come up of this, like, maybe I'm not working because I'm, I'm fat. Mm. <laughs> and find, it's like, you find a awful. reason. You find a reason and it's usually your most biggest insecurity. And yeah. it's, it's such a shame. And, and, and that is, you know, like I said, this is kind of I'm 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 stepping into new territory within myself that's so much healthier. And and the more I hear myself going, oh, it's probably because you're fat. That's I hear me beneath it going, bitch. No, you're not letting that happen to you anymore. You're not going to talk to yourself like that anymore because you know it's not true. Yeah, you I know saw it's not true. I and saw something on Instagram this morning, and I hate that that's even the start of my sentence and how excited I got to tell you. I saw something on Instagram this morning. What is what's fine? Cons. Instagram's good. Instagram's has, also bad. Pros yeah, and cons. <laughs> yeah, but that's how excited I just got to say it. And it was like, uh, I think it was Dwayne Nosworthy posted it, and it said, uh, Be the friend to yourself that you are to your friends. And it was like, mm. Yo, like I would never treat my friends how I treat me sometimes. Yeah, that was you know. the that was the biggest reality check I got this year. It was as simple as I realized, I think, yeah, very similar, whether it was a I think it was a, maybe a book actually or a podcast. Um I I'm a really I'm a good person. Like I treat my friends with so much love and the people around me, I always try to do the best I can, as as we as, as I'm sure we all do or try. But I literally I am an absolute devil to myself how I speak to myself I could never imagine speaking to anyone like that like and some of the best advice I got which I'm currently working on <laughs> um is speak to yourself like you're speaking to yourself as a child like oh. treat yourself and not not in a, a patronizing way that's not in a bad way but just like you know like if at night I'm feeling really panicky or I'm having a, a bit of an episode or something I'll just close my eyes and just visualize myself just like holding my, my hand I'm just going it's okay you're safe like you're not going anywhere I've got you mm -hmm. we're you know this is just a moment in time this is a state of mind this isn't you it's gonna pass like this yeah and it's just, it's just that that really loving like tenderly motherly I said that twice but um just love mm -hmm. and it's it's trying to find 
and again, another observation I had to myself this year was I'm someone, I have so much love in me and I'm always giving it and I'm literally a producer of it, but it's a, it's always been a one way system for me. I'm very good at giving love. Mm. I'm not very good at receiving the love and just trying to open up that two way street within me is, is a process I'm still going through and a process that I hope Mm. that maybe this podcast can encourage us all to just have a check-in with how you know do we have a one-way system of love within us in ourselves or is it is, is there is our, are the two lanes running really well is there a traffic jam is there no you know i know it's a weird yeah. analogy but it, it it's a nice way to just go actually you know what like you said i treat myself worse than every than anyone else and that's that's not cool. I'm the one who has to live with myself every single day, like yeah. <laughs> every no, every single day until you die. Like it's it's, and you want to. And another thing as well, like home, like this body, is our spirit's home. However you want to call it, your soul, your you know, whatever resonates with you. But you know, you want to take care of your home. Like mm. you are in here for, you know, there's no escaping. Yeah, you there's wouldn't just no escaping. kicking your, do your doors in your house. No, exactly. Like, I, exactly. I, I can't step out of this body and then just step into someone else's. It's like, no, I, you know, you, you, you got to make, you got to make your home like a sanctuary. You've got to make it a home. And, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, respecting the home as well i mean like you said don't kick it down like take care of it and mm. um, fill it with beautiful things you know good nutrients um fill it with light like how would you yeah it's almost like stepping out like creating i don't know what i'm saying like oh, <laughs> i don't know what i'm saying i know what i'm seeing but i can't figure it out what i'm trying to say but i think i've got my point i yeah. think i've got my point yeah i think what we can take away from this is that yeah. self-love and self-care is definitely needs to be a priority for everyone even if yeah. you think it's something or not because you might and it's not, different you, for everyone it's you might different for everyone just not be aware that you're not doing it yet yeah it might click in a week's time it might click in 10 years time and you go i wasn't very looking after me as yeah, a person definitely and i think just even just finding a time every single day just to check in with yourself mm. even if it's just taking three deep breaths and then just asking yourself how am i and then you don't have to write it or do anything just even just when you walk into work or something and it's just that thing of yeah i'm really needing some alone time or oh, bloody hell i need to and could really do with you know, sitting down with a meal with some really good friends or mm. having that constant check-in just allows you to just, it doesn't have to be deep. It just kind of checks in. It does what it says on the scene. It helps you check into your home mm. and what needs rearranging and, and what needs neatening up or, or, or just, you know, clearing out. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> what, um, what has been, or growing up or even now, has been your biggest inspiration? Mm. <laughs> That's a really tough question because I, is this as a dancer or as a human? Whatever you, whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> nice to Either, both, you decide. I think naturally it was my mum mm -hmm. um, with her career and knowing that, you know, just, that was an inspiration for a long time. 
but also my dad. My dad was an inspiration in a very human way. My dad went traveling around the world for a couple of years when he was in his early 20s. And I've always been inspired by that. And I've wanted to follow him, follow in both their footsteps, which I, I have done, <laughs> which is nice. Um, uh, and with regards to like inspiration, I think I'm, in, I'm inspired by everyone around me. I'm not inspired by something or some one in particular. I'm inspired by the world and and the people in it and the darkest side of the sides of life the lightest sides of life and um I guess the people around me inspire inspire me and and I think something about me is my friendship groups have always changed I've never had the same friends since I was younger and I don't think that's out of you know in a bad way I just think I'm when my inspiration it's like where, where your focus goes your energy flows so I would you know if I was in the mood if, if I would if my mindset was really focusing on dance I'd attract a lot of amazing dancers mm-hmm. if I'm if my mind which at the moment is set on you know my body and and and, and how I perceive myself so at the moment I'm surrounded by some really inspirational human people humans who, who are really really like in in a, such an embracing um mindset towards themselves and and so I'm I'm inspired by I don't want to say life, but um I am. Life in life inspires me and and whatever it and whatever comes with it and and the how the paths can be redirected because of unexpected situations like COVID. COVID has been inspiring because it's like, wow, through restrictions, what can I do? Mm. It's been one of the best things that's happened to me. Like it's, yeah. I know that's maybe horrible for people to hear because like they've lost people or you know it's caused tragedy loss of income loss of whatever but for mm-hmm. me it's been like a real pause where i've got to like reevaluate and reset and be oh, like hell yeah. what serves me purpose and what doesn't what am i putting my fe- energy into and what am i not and what's been great is i've got to reflect on which we don't really look back especially in our career we're very much like the next job what's next because they don't last very long so you're chasing the next gig mm-hmm. chasing the next check where we've not been able to do that. So I've actually looked back on jobs and I've looked at maybe my energy on the job, how I, how I treated people. Was I the person who I what did I leave the energy the did I leave them with the impression of who I really am? You know, mm. and stuff like that. And it makes me go, yes, for some I did and for some I didn't. And I want to make sure that when the world goes back to normal, when we do, that I I learned from this time and I fixed those things, you know? Definitely, definitely. I, yeah, this has been one of the best and hardest years of my life. Um, I've been challenged in so many ways, but like I said, it's it's finally made me deal with my shit. And I wouldn't say I'm the other end of it yet, but I feel like I'm showing up more myself more than ever in this world. I feel like I'm actually being me. Like the fact that I'm even doing a podcast mm. and all speaking is mental like this time last year I wasn't even admitting that I had a problem with my body and so the growth has been nuts and I'm just so excited for this time next year you know with regards to where I am then and because it can double the progression you know exactly and or not who not who knows and that's something this this year's taught us is who fucking knows and just a little plug i'm doing the closure and intentions for 2021 workshop oh sick on the 30th yeah no and and i because i just think more than ever it's we're i think people are in this fight or flight mode of the future and 
I am as well, but I'm I'm feeling more in control of no matter what is going to happen externally. I've got this mm. like personally, and I want to, I want to help us all, you know, whoever feels attracted to do the workshop. I want to help us all kind of have this mindset of, you know, you're in control of how you react. You're in control of how you respond. Um, because you can't change external circumstances. We are out of control of COVID. We are out of control of a lot of things, but we are in control of ourselves and how we, and how we, like I said, respond, react. So where, where can people sign up or do this? Well, yeah, I mean, I've been posting it. Um, I've been kind of keeping it low key, but I've been posting it on my Instagram and, um, just uh, contacting my email or just DMing me and uh, I can then give you more information. Um, and it's really cheap as well. It's only like £20 and it's like a full day, sh- sh- <laughs> as I say, shenanigans. Shenanigans. Um, it's a full day shenanigans. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I really wanted to do it in person, but I think because of the uncertainty of everything, I've kept it on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it will depend how long it is. It will just depend on how many people rock up and, and do it. But and I'm also doing card readings with it as well. So, oh, you know, sick. card readings for the year ahead. I, I do it every single year. So I just thought, oh, why not, you know, offer it out? And, you know. Do you do it. card readings every year? I do read card reading. I do a card reading every day. Um, cards Does it are like terrify you? No, not at all. Because it's, it's um, I, I, I love the mysticism around it. And uh, I love the how it really awakens my intuition. Like when you draw a card, um, obviously it has a meaning maybe in the book that it comes with or whatever. But when you look at the card, uh, it gives me a chance to really decide what I'm taking from that card. Like for example, you know, in a tarot, if you get the card death, obviously you're like, oh fuck. But actually... (laughs) Staying in today. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. not moving. Um, but, um, But then you look at the card and it's like, actually no, what, what part of me is dying? What's letting go? And I'm like, what skin are you shedding? And where, like what I always ask myself is, is, is where am I in the image that is on the card and what colors are there? How does it make me feel intuitively? And it just instantly, as soon as I wake up and and draw a card, it just activates me to help me then from there on throughout my day, just really try to like answer to my, to my voice and my interpretation of, of, you know, like I said, this whole thing of people pleasing, it's like actually coming back to, wait, what do I want? And the cards really help me to, to do that. And, and, and yeah, going back to the, the year ahead, like what I do is I, I do it every single year for the year ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, I draw a card for each month and, um, usually, you know, I think what's important with cards is to not, um, you don't live your life by the card. I was going to say, do you not like say it's like you're going to seek new friendships or you're going to make new friendships? And then do you go out every day like, where's my friend? <laughs> like, Well, that's, well <laughs> I think that's what can be um, misunderstood is or what people think that they should should do. Is, yeah. is like, you know, if, if you, yeah, like you said, if, if you see this card that's telling you that you will seek, that you'll get new friends, um, just let it inspire you and let it just be there. As opposed to adapt your uh, yeah don't actions. don't adapt how you live it's just yeah. it's just it's just and also it's, it's I just love it I just love the it's it's just kind of intriguing and it just sparks curiosity and it's and what's nuts is I write down the answers I like go through it have my moment and then after each month like for example um, let's say 
this month, December. So last year when I drew the card December, I have an animal deck and, and the card was a horse. And the meaning behind the horse is momentum, earthy, drive, freedom. And I think after, you know, again, not planning it, I, I didn't, I looked just because hmm, I wonder what this month is. After the year that's been for me and, you know, with everything that's kind of surfacing that I've already had planned, like the podcast release mm. and just me kind of going, hi, this is what I'm doing. You know, mm. I was like, that's nuts. Like I get, I feel that. Yeah. That's it. It's just another like little spark to just keep me going. And yeah. Um, I mean, take it as you will. Some people are like, I'm intrigued. Uh, I'm thinking I'm going to try and do one. I'm intrigued to try it. I mean, I can do, I can give you a cute little card reading. I mean, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm I'm not really. I've done it for friends of mine, um, and it's just a really beautiful experience, and it's it's just nice. And I do it, you know, interpret it how you will, but um, that's I'm that's well how up I for trying. It's it's it seems to me a bit like not terrifying, but you're just like, oh shit, you know, like is is this going to decide my brain? Like, is this totally. going to make my brain respond to different things than it normally would? Well, I think I've got best advice I got with tarot and stuff. Like, just take it with a pinch of salt. Hear it. Just like take what you want from it. Just don't dive. Like, if you if someone says you're going to meet this certain someone, then it's like don't go looking for that someone. But it's it's just kind of like okay, got, cool. Especially if you've got someone. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh fuck, what's going to happen? No, it's, I think just just let it let it wash over you and um, just. Just kind of see what happens. I think it's just a cute little like, you know, some things are really exciting. I had a card reading earlier this year and I just really hope it comes true, but I'm trying not to like <laughs> latch onto it. Um yeah. yeah. Um I ask every dancer this. I don't ask everyone this, but for dancers, and because I understand because if I did it to an actor or someone, I'd probably be like, I have no idea who you're talking about. Mm. Um for you, if aliens, yeah, it's a bit weird. If aliens came from outer space, which is 2020, so could happen and they hold this gun to you and they say you have to give me the definition of a dancer you have to give me a human who defines dance otherwise we're going to blast you and covid 27 everyone <laughs> <laughs> so you have to give them one human who is for you the definition of dance hmm, one human i just have to give them a human that's someone yeah. who i okay but they ha yeah you're you're sacrificing them. <laughs> wow. That's and it, it can be, it's your preference. You know, don't try and fit it to everyone else's mold of what a dancer is. It's got to be for you. I'm going to say someone and then I'm going to regret it and think of someone later. Well, not regret it, but there's just so many people that are incredible in their own ways. Um, me come on um it's funny that the first name that came to my head just because whenever he pops up I'm just like wow is oh my god I just feel really cringy saying it because I actually <laughs> don't know him very well and it's just like wow okay but Will West <laughs> I don't even know him I literally was like, like he, he, well he came up on my Instagram a minute ago so maybe that's why I say I mean, his name but I know, I know there's but I just, but that's quite an intense question. And I'm like, I'm sorry, Will, I don't, I don't want to put you in front of these aliens. I'm not sure. I'm not, oh, wait, give me, Kane, can I get back to you? Because. Yeah, I, I'm not mad at it. I'm down. I, I think it's a great choice. Definition of dance, eh? Hmm. So actually, do you know what? Hold the phone. 
hold the phone. Sorry, Will, Bill. you're great. Get, yeah, Will, get, you're fantastic. Get back off the ship. <laughs> get back off the ship. Sorry, back to planet Earth. But um, for me, mm-hmm. the person who is a definition of dance and who I feel like could stand for the world of dance for me is Rachel Kay. Nice. Yeah, Rachel Kay. Nice. She'd probably convince the aliens to let her stay. Yeah, she'd probably like get them to really open up about their feelings and like get them to start dancing yeah. and just <laughs> play, play stop the war. They'll be going. Yeah. No, that's dope. Um, thank you so much for coming in <laughs> and sharing so much and opening so much. Holy right. shit, that went on for a while. I'm so sorry, Kane. No, this isn't the longest. Don't worry, we go really? we go down rabbit holes. Yeah, we don't have time limit. Nothing's edited. We just chat. Really? People can be a fly on the wall. Oh, Lord. Okay, cool. There's no edit. All right. No, it it is. Oh, shit. (laughs) Yep, that's great. (laughs) Spunk spunk is staying in. (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Great. Please tell everyone where they can go and find your podcast. I'll put it in the show notes, but. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Kane. Um, So uh, my podcast has an Instagram at the get to know podcast and the podcast can be found on spotify and apple music so if you just write in the title of it um it's there there's only one episode that's out but each friday will be a new episode oh get it dedicating a day i know yeah i just it makes sense it i need a bit of i'm very scatty and a bit everywhere sometimes i need a bit of structure to actually remember to do things Yeah. yeah i try and do one a week and sometimes I'm like, I was meant to release one today, but I recorded it last night. So it won't probably be released until like Tuesday or Wednesday. But you know, you're like, ah, I didn't stick to the schedule. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's why I've pre-recorded like all of them just to start off with, just yeah. so I don't have that stress. But I think probably, you know, when I start getting into the swing of things, it would be nice to have that each week. And because I miss doing it. Like this yeah. is, I've really enjoyed this. Um, You'll be surprised how fast those pre-records disappear. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Where well, you get it, where you like get really busy for a few weeks and you're like, I will do it. I will make sure I get one in. And then you're like, fuck, I need yeah. one in two days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Happens God. to me a lot. No, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. Kane, um, you're going to have to come on mine. I would love to, whenever you need. <laughs> Thank you so much, You could, really You could do it. my card reading on yours. <gasps> Ooh, that's a vibe. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, you should do that for everyone on yours. I draw one ca- oh my god like just draw a card for each person mm, that could be the end of your thing along with your music question <gasps> okay okay yeah okay let's do this i'm mm. gonna do that for mine's, my series mine's, two mine's aliens <laughs> mine's aliens <laughs> yeah yeah I've, I've got that 10 question fire round thingy thing yeah. thingy thing sure thingy, thingy um, thing. yeah but maybe i'll do the cards who knows yeah i like that Boom. that's a good now idea I'm, yeah now i'm terrified um thank you so much it's been very lovely seeing you i'm off to cook my fiance some dinner oh my god wonderful we'll have a lovely dinner and thank you so much for having me sending you lots of love and i hope the last 16 days of this year go better than the first half likewise mate (laughs) bye lovely thank you Bye. bye Thank you for listening to the Ins and Outs podcast. Please leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends and family. One love. Peace. The Ins and Outs podcast with your host, Kane Silver. Just draw a card for each person. Mm, That could be the end of your thing, along with your music question. (gasps) Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's do this. I'm going to do that for mine's, my series mine's, two. Mine's aliens. <laughs>
Man's alien. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've got that ten question fire round thingy thing. Yeah. Thingy thing, sure. Thingy, thingy um, thing. Yeah, but maybe I'll do the cards. Who knows? Yeah, I like that. Boom. That's a good now idea. I'm, yeah, now I'm terrified. Um, thank you so much. It's been very lovely seeing you. I'm off to cook my fiance some dinner. Oh my god, wonderful. We'll have a lovely dinner and I thank will. you so much for having me. Sending you lots of love and I hope the last sixteen days of this year go better than the first half. Likewise, mate. <laughs> Bye, lovely. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Internet's podcast. Please leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends and family. One love. Peace. The Internet's podcast with your host, Kane.